Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We told you we were giving away Caps tickets all week long on Grant and Danny. Right now, call number 10 at 800-636-1067. You're going to get to go experience one of the best environments in D.C. sports, Capital One Arena, before the end of this season. Four-pack of tickets are yours right now to caller 10. They're taking on the Sabres Wednesday, March 15th, 7 p.m. start time. You'll be there with three of your pals, courtesy of Monumental Sports. Buy your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or visit thefandc.com for details. Right now on the BetQL guest hotline, bet smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app, visit betql.com. Brian McClellan, the general manager of the Washington Capitals, who for the first time in about 20 years at the trade deadline had a major sell-off, a reload of sorts as they build for the future while trying to still compete in the present. And it's complicated and it's difficult, so we figured we'd get... Brian McClellan on to talk about the plan here that he put in place. First of all, Brian, thank you for a few minutes. How are you? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Oh, we're doing well. So I can't relate to this. I mean, I, I've GM'd fantasy teams, which is not the same as what you do on, on a daily basis. Having scouted, put together, built a team that I that I think, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but you thought you guys would, would be able to keep going and win this year. How difficult is it to say, you know what? I need to make an adjustment. I need to make a change. And when was that moment? Yeah, I, I, I think it's it's a hard decision. Um, you're right. I think at the beginning of the year with our full lineup, um, you know, I think we knew we'd have to get through that first stretch. But I thought once everybody got healthy, we'd be, you know, we'd be one of the second tier teams competing for the cup at the end. Um You know, I think the way the season unfolded with injuries, injuries to key guys, um, we just never really found a rhythm and struggled to find it, got to the end of the season and we had to make a hard decision on some players and we ended up choosing to move some guys. It is not lost on me that you didn't trade anybody who wasn't on an expiring contract said differently. Every player you moved was set to be a free agent anyway. I mean, it, it was that kind of the thought that, you guys still plan on winning next season, but you kind of viewed this season as a lost, so to speak, that you don't see this as a year where you guys can get where you need to go. So let's cash in the chips for next year. I think, you know, it's a combination of a lot of things. I think, you know, we had Orloff and Hathaway who were perfect fits in my mind in our lineup and they were on expiring deals. And, you know, I don't think we were playing at the level as a team that, you know, we expected us to play at, and 
you know, we, I have discussions with their agents and representatives and, and, you know, both of these players have earned the right to go to free agency to see what, you know, see what's out there, see what they can do. Um, so when we got to that point, I think we had to make a decision. Um, both really good players. Um, I think, you know, any team, any organization is going to love to have them. Obviously Boston likes what they've got in both those guys and, it's difficult to let them go because of the fit, because of the people too, you know, um, they're really good people and did a lot in the community, worked well with our team. Um, so it's, it's hard to let those kind of guys go. Cap and Brian McClellan with us here on, on G and D and Brian, you guys have had such an exceptional run of highly competitive teams. This is just, you know, it, it's almost an opportunity for us to kind of look back on that and say, this is unbelievable that you guys haven't had to do this more to keep this incredible window open. When did you know? Like, there was probably a time in, 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 in your brain where you're going, maybe we can, maybe we can't. When did it, the scales tip where you said, you know what, we're going to move some of these guys? Yeah, I mean, I think in December we had a really good month. Yeah. And then it, it switched over to January, and then Carlson got hurt. And I think from that point on... Um, we had good games where we played good teams and beat good teams, but it was more inconsistent and our level of play always wasn't where it should have been if you're going to be a contender. Um, so I, I think you track that over up until the trade deadline, hoping that you can find that consistency, find that rhythm. Um, and, and we did play for stretches or, you know, games uh, very well, but we had periods where it, it didn't look right didn't feel right and with key guys out there was a reason for that so you know maybe we made the decision the trade deadlines the trade deadline we were still we were four points out we're still four points out so I, I think we're hanging in um and we'll see where we go from here if you guys narrowly miss the playoffs because as you said you've won three out of four here will you have any regret about how you guys handled it no i don't think so i think we're at where we are um, I, I, I think we should still be competitive. Uh, I think we have a decent team. Um, and I, 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 as an organization, I, I think, you know, we want to compete till the end and try and make it. Brian McClellan on Grant and Danny here on the fan. Uh, in the end, the Capitals move off of Orlov, Hathaway, Mojo, uh, Gustafson, and Eller, and they get back. Rasmus Sandin, who's a terrific young, controllable, left-handed shooting defenseman who can move the puck. A second-round pick, two third-round picks, and a fifth-round pick uh, in the future. So a handful of picks and a young defenseman. My favorite deal that you guys made was actually when you gave up the one that you got from Boston. And Gustafson, who, by the way, was way better this year than I anticipated. And kudos to you and your staff because he was analytically phenomenal and, and was a great asset for a team at the deadline, but you package him in a pick together to go get Sandine, who I think could be a top four defenseman in the next couple of years. How did that deal come about? And did you make like the first deal with that one already in the works or were they kind of completely exclusive? No, I, I, I think we made the Boston deal, but I think our mindset going into the deadline is we were going to try and trade for uh, young players. If there, if the opportunity opportunity presented itself um, in the discussions on the defense trading, we, um, trading Orloff, we talked to Toronto and Toronto, you know, was looking to be in that market too. So I, I think as discussions involved, um, you know, we targeted Sandine and we're able to get him at the end. Um, 
you know, I think they needed a, a depth guy to cover Sandine on the power play, and they used Gustafson for that. So I think it worked out good for both teams. And uh, I think it's a good fit for us with our goal of trying to get some younger, skilled players in here. You mentioned young players, uh, Brian. I think this is the hardest thing to do. We've actually talked to, to uh, Mike Rizzo of the Nationals about this over the years. And when you've got a star-studded veteran group that's ready to compete for championships, one of the hardest things to do is to fold in younger players and have them kind of grow into those roles. It's hard to develop when you're competing at, at the highest level. If you're you're going to lose 60 games a year, no problem. Try a bunch of kids out there and see what happens. That's such a huge challenge. Do you feel like maybe you can balance that now a little bit better, now that maybe some of the pressure of this year is off, getting some uh, some work to some of your top prospects? Yeah, I do. I think, I mean, it's happening now. I mean, we have Sandine, who's, you know, played a third-pair role in Toronto. I mean, he's going to get a top-pairing uh, assignment here and get to play first power play. So, I mean, that's going to be great for his development. He's still young. He's 22 years old. Uh, Alexiev's getting an opportunity. I mean, he hasn't – he's been in another lineup, which is tough on a young guy to get consistent, but he's had a couple good games in a row. And then, you know, we have uh, Iorio who's taking advantage uh, or we're taking advantage of, you know, an injury situation to get him up for a couple games. So I think where we're at now, we have uh, windows where we can check out guys, see where they're at and help them develop. Brian, and to your point, when we're winning and we're competing for a championship, it's tough to you bring young guys in because mm-hmm. you, you know you can't you can't afford to develop you can't afford to have them make mistakes and uh that's the way it goes when you're in uh, you know competing for a championship maybe this is just the difference between being a gm and being a head coach right because you're always kind of looking partially toward the big picture and if you're laviolette in the final year of a contract you're worried about getting two points tonight but I have been curious, Mac, if there is ever kind of a, a disconnect between you and him roster-wise in this regard. Like, I love what, when you clear space like you did to kind of create this opportunity where I'm thinking, I'm going, I went uh, right after the Orlov deal, and I'm at the arena, and I'm going, okay, I'm going to see Alexiev tonight. But then, and no disrespect to, like, Irwin or, or any of the other guys that aren't the high-end prospects, but I keep waiting for these first-round picks to get a shot. And I understand Year in and you're out, you're trying to win a cup. That doesn't happen. But yet you're clearing space, but you're still kind of using some of the older guys rather than let's just play Protus, you know, every single night. Are those conversations you guys have constantly or or does, you know, are you in on the the who gets to play and who doesn't as well? To a certain extent, but I I think the coach, that's his responsibility to put the lines together. Uh, I can have input to a certain extent, but you have to give him the responsibility of putting the team together, you know, accomplishing what he wants to accomplish, who he wants to use on specialty teams, how he wants to match up against the other teams. I don't think it works for a manager to, to come in and control personnel situations. I can, you know, ask, you know, uh, you know, what about this? What about that? But and then vice versa, um, you know, you don't want your coach making personnel decisions, who we bring in. You want to keep them informed, but there's a relationship that has to go on between the two and each of them has to do their job. Are you pretty content overall with the, the ice time then that the, the kids will get? Or I guess that's to be determined now the rest of the way, because we just hit the button on, Hey, we're focusing on the future. That's tough for Lavi because he is trying to – he's in the, the final year of his contract as well. I, I guess my point is I just want to see 
the kids get ice time now. And I understand you're still in the mix for the playoffs, but it, it seems like organizationally we're on to next year. So it's, it's just a weird gray area for me. Yeah, I, I, it is great, but I think, you know, last game, you know, Sandine and Alexia, Alexia played the most minutes, uh, two games It was ago. awesome to Sandine see. Yeah, was our was cool. number one defenseman, you know. I, I think you're seeing it happen now in the back end. You know, part of it is injuries uh, to Jensen. And uh, so it's it's happening now more than it has, and we'll see where it goes from here. Brian, you mentioned the injuries, and that's been the story. I mean, it just is. Whether it's you know the, the Connor Brown, the, the felt like his first shift. I, I barely got a chance to get to know him before he was on the shelf. Whether it's Wilson, Baxter, everybody else, does that feel like something that's just bad luck, or is it something that you're maybe concerned about long term, where you know a veteran roster might be a bit more banged up uh, more often? I, I think it's a mix of both. You know, I don't think the Wilson and the Brown ACL things were you know, a, a result of their age. They're both mm-hmm. in their primes and just accidents happen. Their injuries happen. Uh, the Carlson, you know, the shot in the head, I mean, that's just a freak thing. It has nothing to do with how old you are. I mean, Orloff missed a chunk of time, and he's never hurt. Uh, the Backstrom one is uh, is an old injury that's gotten worse, and he had a hip resurfacing. I mean, that would be age-related. Uh, so I think it's it's a little both. Um um, so it, it's just been that year where every time it looks like we're going to be healthy and have a full lineup, uh, something happens and we get out of our rhythm and the injuries, you know, our contribution to that. Will we see Carlson again this year to, or is he shut down until next season? Yeah, I think he, we might see him at the end of the month here. We'll see how he's doing and then what our uh, trainers and doctors say. Um, how he's at, and maybe by the end of the March, uh, we'll see him again. This may be a stupid question, Brian, so forgive me in advance for asking it, but I, I imagine you're around these guys all the time, and again, this window has been so incredible where you guys have competed at the highest level, and for the first time in forever, the Caps were sellers, net sellers at, at the deadline. Did you get a bit nostalgic as you kind of went through that and said goodbye to some faces that, you know, like Lars Eller that helped win a Stanley Cup here and a guy like Marcus Johansson that seems like he's been here forever? Is, were there kind of moments where it wasn't the easiest thing to do? Yeah, I think it was really difficult because because we've won, because what we've gone through to win, um, because these guys all have relationships. I think we're still going through it as a team. Um, I don't think anybody's comfortable with losing good people um, as a player, as a room, uh, as a manager. Um, it's it's hard to do, and it's going to take a while for everybody to get through it and move forward, and it's just not going to happen overnight. Everyone's talking about the trades the Caps have made, and they should, but as we look ahead kind of to the future blueprint here, you've been busy getting some extensions signed as well. Uh, Strom came in on a one-year deal. You locked him up. You guys claim Milano and, and kind of grab him out of nowhere. He turns into a nice player. He's locked up. Abe Kubel got signed. You got the three-year deal in place with Jensen right at the deadline. How does that figure into kind of this next two, three-year blueprint that you're putting together? Well, I think, you know, we took Stroman to cover for Backstrom and, you know, really liked what he had done, how he had played. He was a good fit for our team, uh, liked his work on the power play. So I think 
the age of 25 years old to get a guy that can play center and first power play, I think it was important for us to sign him. Uh, Milano came in again. He's a, you know, he's a younger player. He's 26. Uh, came in and played well with us. Seemed to be a good fit in the lineup. I mean, these are the type of players I think we're targeting. You know, the 20, 26, 25-year-old uh, guys. And then, you know, getting Sandine at 22, seeing what Alexiev can do at 23, um, Iorio at 20. I mean, we're trying to incorporate these types of guys in our lineup and make a transition here while still being competitive. Our core is still in place. Um, so I think we can accomplish it. And we'll see what happens in the offseason and at the draft. We'll look to add some more guys with similar characteristics. So obviously just that answer, your goal is getting younger to an extent. Do you care if it's faster or bigger? Like We've had you on for years, and we've talked about those terms when you guys at one point were speedy and then you were heavier. You want to get younger and what? I think, you know, our lineup needs a little skill right now. Um you know, I, I think if ideally if we could add a top six winger that has skill in the off season, I think that would help. And then we'll see how our blue line plays itself out. You know, we'll get Carlson back. We've got Jensen signed, um, and the young guys will. You know, this would be a good time to evaluate where they fit in for us going forward. Thinking about something here that you guys were talking about, Brian. You guys have an amazing track record of finding players. I don't want to say that nobody else wants. They're NHL players, but guys outperform what they've previously done here. Everyone, I'm thinking of Brett Connolly, whether Dylan Strom, Milano, and you guys fold them seamlessly into your culture, and they just sort of seem to pick it up and, and, and play well. I'm amazed by that. How do you do that, and could you write it down so I can hand it over to the other teams in town? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I, first of all, I think we have a good culture, and we have a good veteran group. Um, so guys coming in uh, into a new environment are comfortable. Um, and when they're comfortable, they can, you know, play better. Uh, I think our our process uh, from hockey ops is, is a good process. Um, you know, we have good people getting good reads on players, uh, looking for guys that have upside that other teams might overlook. Uh, you know, we have a good analytical process. Uh, I, I think, you know, just our whole process helps us identify these guys. That's another thing you could write down for the other teams in town. Analytical process. Anal- and how do you spell that? that? I haven't seen that with that, the other teams. That one's much. tough. That Anna, is spreading that word is tough. Um, last one for me, I promise. So you mentioned the uh, idea of a top six winger, which is, that's music to my ears. I love that. And, and maybe going and getting some skill. It does seem like for the first time in a long time, I'm thinking even back to, when you took over and, and you went and got Niskanen and, and Orpik and really fixed the problem overnight, you're going to have some money, some flexibility, some ability to move a bit this offseason. As a GM, that's kind of the dream, right? That's got to be exciting. I mean, how much different could this look this offseason because of that? Yeah, I think that was the idea. I mean, to get some picks, uh, clear some space, um, you know, bring, create a little bit of opportunity for some of our guys coming up. And, and to, you know, uh, be in the market for trade market, to be in the market for free agents, to to be able to participate in all those things is is going to be um, what you want to have going into the next season. Brian, always a pleasure to catch up with you, man. Really appreciate the time today. Thanks for having me on. There's Brian McClellan, GM of the Caps, who brought the Stanley Cup to D.C. back in 2018, joining us on G&D here on The Fan.
Uh, you got your shot in at the Commanders among some of the other teams. Thank you. I doubled down and followed you down that path. I wanted to get back into, though, people wanting to weigh in on the next owner of the Commanders if, in fact, Dan Snyder does sell. And my question was, are people overthinking who's next? Not Snyder is the only thing that matters, right? But there have been some calls that say, hey, we got one chance at this. Let's do it right. Oh, we're diving into that on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 